The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. On that note, then, um, we have an opportunity to talk together again in small groups and um, kind of in maybe in honor of this departure of the Buddha, we will um, consider his last words that were talked about on Thursday and um, then uh, echoed so nicely in David's talk. We heard some of the kind of, you know, uh, verse form of these um, uh, beautiful homages given to the Buddha. We don't need to, you know, think in those terms necessarily, but the question is, how do you find yourself responding to the Buddha's famous last words and his passing? So um, we don't need to be as eloquent as uh, the Brahma Sahampati or Saka, but still there's a movement in us of hearing these last words, which I'm going to repeat now. Uh, All conditioned things are of a nature to decay, strive on untiringly. Or another version, strive on with earnestness or work out your salvation with care. Uh, All conditioned things are of a nature to decay, strive on untiringly. So you'll have about, um, thank you for putting that in the chat there. You can see the reference. So you'll have um, about 12 minutes to talk with your group. And as usual, you can just um, go around and maybe what you're doing together is creating uh, a work of art in the absence of the Buddha. Maybe it has a Bodhi tree and some followers, um, but this, your words shape something around that space. So please enjoy. Sometimes it's a little bit tricky that uh, to leave breakout room, that little button to like leave the whole meeting is right next to it, right? And I think uh, some people click that button and then off they go. But um, so now you probably won't be surprised. We'd love to hear from you guys. How was that? Um, either the um, you could talk about the format of meeting in small groups. I know we've talked about it before, but maybe some other people have some ideas or want to express something. Or was there some aha moments, some new thinking, like, yeah, these last words of the Buddha, including, like, why are we um, holding up these last words of the Buddha? Uh, just because they're their last words, we're giving them some importance. Maybe you agree with that. Maybe you don't. But we'd love to open it up for some questions. And as a reminder, um, you can find that at the bottom of your screen, if you're on a computer screen, under Participants. And if you have an, the latest version of Zoom, you'll also can find it um, under reactions. But if you don't, it'll be everybody should see it under participants or under the three dots if you don't have that. So, somebody have a comment or a question um, or a sharing they'd like to offer? And I'll, I'll just say that. Oh. Uh, if there are questions from before that we didn't get to you, feel free to ask the question or share a comment as well.
Yes, uh, Kumi, can you unmute yourself, please? Well, um, I look outside and I see tree and I see nature and I am, uh, I am nature. Thank you so much. <laughs> nice. So much. Thank you, Kumi. How do you unraise the hand? Uh, I can do that for you. I can uh, lower your hand. There you go. Thank you, Kumi. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Yen Kui. Mm. Um, so I have a few things. Maybe I'll just say them all. You could comment on them. So the first one is this um, translation that Ying posted in the chat. The, um, the, the first time I heard of um, Anicca Wada Sankara was all conditioned things are the nature that rise and pass away. And understanding this deeply will bring us the greatest happiness, which is peace. Um, and it's very different from strive on untiringly. It's very di- it's like a, a different uh, attitude towards meeting change. And um, so this is so interesting that you impose strive on tiring. So I'm trying to say, huh, what if I approach it this way? Then what would happen to the way I meet this moment if I strive on untiringly? What does that mean? And so I was curious if you could comment on that and the other translation of, you know, understanding this hap- you know, means that you understand you live peacefully and so on. So that was one one thing. And then a couple of things from before was more like how the Buddha died. And I wasn't it was more of my confusion over reading the suttas and I should I'm understanding it correctly, which is like right before he died, he checked in with the monks and saying that, Okay, do you guys have any more questions for me? Once, twice, three times, and nobody said anything. And then that he made some comments, which just it's a little confusing the languaging. So was was the intention that nobody, that everybody got it, so that he could just leave and die peacefully? Was that the intention of that languaging? So I sort of understood it that way, but the way it was worded was a little confusing to me. So that, and then another passage passage that talked about how he admonished Ananda for not questioning him, saying that if you had asked me this, I could live another century long. I could live another century, like. I didn't get that part either. They were like, huh? Aren't you going to die anyway? You're composed, you know, you're just going to pass away. Anyway, so those are some questions I had. Thank you, Yin Kui. Ying, do you want to comment on any or all of that? Yeah, maybe I'll comment on one and <laughs> pass it to Diana. And uh, uh, the one in terms of the last statement, uh, all conditioned things are of the nature to decay, but strive on untiringly or diligently. Uh, for me, it uh, brings um, an interesting contrast. I think uh, as I reflect upon and this statement, um, there's a, both the quality of um, uh, peacefulness as well as the quality of um, no lacking of aliveness in in terms of engaging with the practice, and so uh, maybe it's also an, an aspect of right effort. And so this this practice we're talking about it's not a easy and simple 
easy practice. I have to say it's not not simple, but it's not an easy practice. And so we are going to meet with all kinds of challenges like illness, aging, death. And how do we meet this with strong um, stability um, and capacity require some form of um, diligence, giving ourselves over to it, uh, because it's always easy to give into the pull. And so maybe this uh, aspects of understanding that all things are impermanent and the conditioned nature of things are, uh, uh, the nature of it is to decay. And there is some of ease in our heart and mind. At the same time, we're not being pulled easily into this whirlpool. And so I just make that comment for now. Thank you, Ying. And maybe I'll just clarify. The Buddha's last words are, now I forget exactly what this translation is, but all conditioned things are of the nature to decay and drive on entirely, something like that. That's his last words. And then this Anicca Sankara, that's not the Buddha speaking. That's Brahma Sahampati speaking after the Buddha's death. We'd, and we see that at a few different places. So they both are pointing to, um, you know, impermanence in each other. But uh, the other ones, they're, um, they're said by different things. So they're two different ones. That's why you're, you're thinking they were translation differences. Actually, the poly is different underneath those. Um, this business about Ananda, we didn't include that in the readings here. If you read the whole sutta, you'll find that. And I do encourage people to read this. It's very long. And there's all kinds of really good, interesting stuff in there. And this is what Yan Lee was pointing to uh, last time, too, about this question. Like, what, what this um, Ananda, because he didn't ask the Buddha to live longer. The Buddha didn't live longer. And um, the uh, translators have no idea how to translate this word. I, I forget um, what our translator does here, Walsh, um, in terms of saying I could leave, live for a century or live for an eon or live for a hundred years or I don't, I don't remember exactly what we have. And um, we don't really know this. This is a word that's uh, unusual in the Pali. So it's usually understood as I think Walsh says a hundred years or something. Yeah, this is something that's interesting. And um why is uh, Ananda the fall guy, so to speak, for this? And um, lots of there's lots of speculation about this, and I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but yeah, and then there was a third thing that you said, Yun Kui. I don't remember what the third uh, thing was. Oh, um, that nobody has a question. Yes, so this is a characteristic. Uh, the Buddha says everybody is a stream winner. That's kind of the expression that gets used. And um, often most a more common translation is a stream enter. And this is a first level of awakening, first level of, I'll use this word, attainment, and kind of like really the first touch taste of Nibbana. And one of the characteristics of after you have this taste of Nibbana, you don't have doubt anymore because you have this first-hand experience. 
So even if you don't know every single uh, teaching, you because you have tasted Nibbana, your understanding is different. So that's what that's pointing to. Thank you, Ian Koi. Wow. Okay. So we have a number of questions here, and um, and I, I, I just want to say, I saw Nancy Yamahiro. She um, had said that she had put something in the chat box, um, because, but because there was a chainsaw outside. <laughs> I thought the last words was the Buddha's teachings put together in a single nugget. So brief, so simplistic, too direct, beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Nancy. Right? One, that's one way we could understand is, you know, things are in the nature to decay. Things are impermanent. And certainly this tradition emphasizes seeing impermanence, understanding impermanence. Not all Buddhist traditions do this, but certainly ours is one that we're practicing and teaching in. And then, um, Ariana, maybe we'll, um, I could hear your question, and then we'll decide whether um, we'll do it right now or whether we'll do it later. It depends on the nature of the question. Thanks, Ariana. Oh, so um, I am going to share right now. Yes? Yes, yes, sorry. And then (laughs) the response from me depends. We'll be either now or later. I don't know if it's so much a question is just um, I really I've enjoyed this offering uh, quite a bit. And uh, in my group, I think I think I said this was the first time I heard the last words of the Buddha, but I'm actually thinking I've probably heard it, but not really heard it before. <laughs> um, it actually is sounding a little familiar, but um, it just really hit me today. I really I heard it. I very much heard it today. And I think it is because of, um, you know, what, what we've done leading up to, up to today. And, and I haven't done this perfectly at all. You know, I'm, I'm maybe halfway through the, the readings. Um, but I think I also said in my group, like, oh, I, I don't have too much experience with the fragility of life. And I think that's true that I have a really hard time staying aware of the fragility of life. Um, but just within this last week, and I think also probably something to do with these teachings, I just felt, I remembered in a deep way, like, oh, no, I've, I've experienced my own fragility of life a couple of times um, before I was um, practicing, practicing insight meditation. Um, I was like hit by a car <laughs> riding my bike. And um, I just was so not present with my life at the time that I could really realize, oh, that was that was fragility. Like there was a lot of fragility there. The fact that I got up and walked away and was pretty much unscathed, like, Oh, that, that wasn't, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm reflecting on it in a very different way now. So thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. David talked about uh, kind of like this sense of urgency, some vague, uh, yeah. And often this, Reflection on impermanence or our fragility arises that. Thank you, Ariana. So now I'll pass this over to Ying. Thank you. Yeah, so now.